0: When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me. You know, songs are uh, changing now. You'll get with your Bible, Genesis 3 and verse number 1. Songs change as time goes by, but I still like that old song, We Are Happy People. Yes, we are. We are happy people. Yes, we are. Been baptized in Jesus' name. Spoke in tongues when the Holy Ghost came. We are happy people. Come on now. We are happy people tonight. We are happy people. We're not on anything but Jesus. I love Jesus tonight, don't you? I just love him tonight. I love him. I love him. If you don't like... Jesus being bragged on, don't don't hang around me. Because I'm going to brag on Jesus. He's never done me nothing but good. He's been far better to me than I've been to him. He loved me before I ever knew him. He sought me. He bought me. He had a plan for me. When I was running as far away from God as I could, he loved me. He sought me. And I'm glad tonight to tell you that I still like that old song, we are happy people. Yes, we, are. we are happy people. Yes, we are. Been baptized in Jesus name. And we spoke in tongues. And the Holy Ghost came. I was on a plane the other day. I tell you who I love second in my life. I love that million dollar penny of mine. I love that wife of mine. I, I, I feel like. A, I feel incomplete when she's not with me. I, I really do. I feel like. Have I got the right tie on? Do I have the right, you, you know? <coughs> I know. I have to, I have to kind of, He's my friend, I, we we pick on each other. And, you know, I was going to tell him I didn't know if his tie matched or not. But anyway, let me, let me just go. <laughs> She, it matches. Yeah. <laughs> matches perfect. Matches perfect. I was on a plane the other day. My wife and I were on a plane the other day, and I guess we were had a little bit of a public display of affection. I think we were holding hands or something. And, and uh, uh, the stewardess came by, and she said, uh, do you mind if I ask you something? said, we all want to know. said, are you all on your honeymoon? And you know what I, I answered? I said, yes. <laughs> yes, we are. They said, well, we thought, y'all, we thought we saw y'all get on the plane and the way that she was uh, patting you on the back and the way you, you're holding hands. We, we thought you were probably on your honeymoon. I said, ma'am, we've been on our honeymoon for 39 years. <laughs> we've never let the honey get out of the moon. Amen. <laughs> We always kind of kept the sweetness there, and and so I want to be that way with Jesus. I want people to come up to me and say, are you a new convert? Uh, Did did you just get, I want people who don't know me to come in and say, I think that that guy over there is a new convert, because I love him tonight. I want you to know I love him, 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 I love him. I love him. Tonight. I love him. And I'll tell you something else. I hate the devil. I hate him. So well, I don't know first. Yes, you are. Yeah, yes you are. I I I hate him. Uh, well he You'll never overcome sin till you hate what you're in. That's right, that's right, that's right. Never overcome it till you hate it. And uh, well, let me get to preaching. we'll, we'll just uh... Genesis three and one. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made, and he said. Would you say those three words with me? And And he said said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. I want to take a few minutes tonight. I'm caught between two worlds. I want to be at camp, and I can't wait till tomorrow comes so I can get on the phone and start inviting people to church on Sunday. I'm just caught between, I, I, I won't be at camp meeting, but I sure can't wait to use Saturday to door knock 21st century style on a cell phone. I believe, Paul had, I, I believe if Paul had a cell phone, he'd use it for the glory of God. So I'm caught between the two, but I want to I minister tonight on the seasons of Satan. The seasons of Satan. Father, I love you tonight. I sure do appreciate your good kindness to us, God. Lord, I thank you for the singing that has created the atmosphere. I thank you for these good people from Kentucky that have come together to form this district and to have this camp meeting and to uh, promote your word, God. Lord, I thank you for every person here tonight. Lord, there's not one person in this room that you've given up on. There's not one person in this room that you don't care about tonight, Lord. Father, I just ask you, Lord, to anoint my lips of clay and use me the next few moments in Jesus' name. Now put your hands together and clap them unto the Lord. Oh, yes. Come on, clap them unto the Lord. I believe we can do just a little bit better than that. Somebody said that the devil is the prince and the power of the air. And when we clap our hands and lift our voices, we disturb the airwaves. And we not only glorify God, but we give the devil a headache. Hallelujah. You may be seated tonight in the lovely name of Jesus. I want to say before I begin that there will be souls, Brother Cook. There will be souls at Camp Meeting 2024 that are not yet born again. There will be souls that are going to be at camp meeting 2024 that are not even in the church right now. They're going to be here. They're going to be here serving God. And you know what we're going to tell them? We're going to tell them that we knew you were coming because we prayed for you. Souls will be here. The seasons of, Satan, of the serpent. The seasons. The seasons of the serpent. Bible brings the serpent to our knowledge in Genesis 3 and uh, verse 1. And uh, without getting into details or thoughts on it. Uh, Satan, Satan simply came and used that reptile as a covering. Used it as a covering. And um, he first is brought to Scripture, our knowledge, and I would like for you to, if you write in your Bibles, to write down that he is the speaking serpent. He is the speaking serpent. He comes, he comes as a speaking serpent. He comes not only as a speaking serpent, But he comes as a speaking serpent of information. He is coming to give you information. He came and as he began to have this conversation with Eve. Hath God said. Hath God said. He's speaking. He is speaking to her. You know. Um. We need to be very careful when we hear voices speak to us that do not line up with the word of God. The first thing, I, and I like to tell people sometimes when they, they want to meet in the office for counseling and they'll begin by saying, Brother Carpenter, I know this is the devil talking to me," And I want to just throw my hands up in the air and say, you set an appointment with me. And you're about to tell me that you know it's the devil been talking to you, and he's a liar. Uh-huh. Or where we're from, you talk about down home. We have liars and lars. All right. Yeah. All right. Maybe I'm gonna go ahead and tell you something. I, I, I should put it in my notes. I had something happen before church that I you talk you talk about you talk about wanting to move to Madisonville. I had something happen before church tonight, and I thought, man, I I called my wife. I said, you won't believe what just happened to me. I pulled up down here to fill my car up with fuel, and as I was getting out, put my credit card in, all of a sudden, the man that was inside the store had come out, took the nozzle, filled up my car. And I said, well, I'm not used to this, and while he was filling up the car, I I was trying to say, sir, I, I don't have any, uh, I don't have a tip. I, don't, I, you know, I thought, you guys want to do it for a tip or something, you know? And, and, and I thought, well, I, well let me, I, I, then I got in my car and I got in the console. Everybody's got change in their console. Yeah. Listen, there's enough change in the cars around here, we could build a new church somewhere, all right? <laughs> and so, believe it or not, I had about $4 worth of change, pennies, dimes, and nickels, and I got it out. And by the time I got it out, brother, sis, So help me, he was washing my windshield on my car. And I said, I am just not used to this. So, man, make me want to move to Madisonville. I I just uh... Let's get back to the speaking serpent for a moment. When the adversary comes to you and he is telling you things that are contrary to the word, but you won't know the word, unless you study the word you, you won't know the word unless you come to Bible study. You won't know the word unless you have a Bible. You won't know the word unless you spend some time in the word. say tell me they tell me that, that, that bank tellers are trained how to identify counterfeit money and they're identifying counterfeit money by, by holding on to the real the real money what, what's real? And they get such a feel on their fingertips for the real currency that when something tries to slip by, they'll say, just just wait just a minute. Just hold up just a minute. Hold up just a minute. This don't feel right. You see, we're not after a doctrine that sounds good. We're after sound doctrine. There's a lot of things that sound good. There's a lot of so-called prophets that are going through the land right now raping God's children that are ignorant to the word telling them a word that God's got a word for you I I want you to know according to the structure of leadership of the Bible you've got a pastor and if God is going to use somebody to get a word for you it'll either come through his mouth or it'll come through somebody that he can turn around and he can endorse that situation and say yes I believe that that is the word of God oh I could I could really get off in some things. You know, these so-called prophets today, uh, uh, they they say, well, uh, we want you to have this man, Brother Carpenter, he's right. He's right 80% of the time. (laughs) Well, that might be good for a weather person. But you put it up to the Bible. The Bible didn't say if the man's right 80% of the time, let him prophesy. It said if he... One time says, thus saith the Lord, and it doesn't come to pass. The Bible said stoning. Now, I know we can't literally take their lives, but we ought to spiritually take their lives. We ought to say, wait a minute, I don't need that word in my life because I need doctrine I can build my life on. I need doctrine I can build my marriage on. I need doctrine I can build. Hey, there's all kind of kids around here. I I mean, y'all got... Herds of kids, they ain't one or two kids They move in herds around here I, I mean it's like you're going through the line here, something to eat like, You better watch out Here comes a whole herd of them coming through And all that Well I'm going tell you why I want a church with sound doctrine Because I want those kids to grow up in this church I want them to know Jesus loves me This I know He is a He is a He is a, he is a speaking serpent Of information He is wanting to give you information that is contrary to the word of God. But he wants to come to you as if he is adding something to your life. We are not missing anything being in the world. I know we have to get educated in our universities. I know we have to get educated in our colleges. I know we have to get educated in our public school system. Reading, writing, and arithmetic. But that's as far as it ought to go. When that professor in college begins to challenge you and identify you as a child of God and religion has nothing to do with the subject, but he wants to feel sorry for you that you have been sheltered all your life and he is against you. And listen, parents, are we're losing our rights every year in America to raise our children. Let me tell you something. You can say these children don't belong to the government; they belong to the parents. That—that's—that—and I—I I should have told you I was going to set you up. That's—they, the, our children don't belong to the government, and our children don't even belong to us. That's right. That's right. Our children are a heritage from the Lord; they're a gift from God. And how I raise them! I want to raise them that there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father of all, above all, through all, and in you all, in Him, dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him. If you've seen me, you've seen my Father. I want to raise them up to know the right way. I want to raise them up. I want to get this so ingrained in them. I want to get this so ingrained in them that when they get out in the community and somebody tries to slip something by, they're gonna say, "Wait a minute! That don't sound like the voice that's in this Bible right here." That, that doesn't sound like there's 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 people that want to give you that want to give you that want to give you information. They want to give you they want to give you information, and, and I I like to I like to give you information. Well. Before you receive information from someone, check out their life. Check out their life. Are they qualified? You see, that adversary came to Eve as a speaking serpent. 2 Corinthians 11 and 14. Paul even bears this out. He says in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. 14. And no marvel, don't be surprised, don't be amazed. And no marvel, that's what that means. Don't be surprised, don't be puzzled. For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Now that doesn't mean light like glowing. It means light like information. He comes as an angel or a messenger to give you information that you need. Adam and Eve had all the information they needed. Man, I'm just going to tell you, I'd have liked to live for God back in Adam and Eve's day because they were just one temptation. Am I right? I I mean, it'd been easy to be a preacher in these days. You just get up. You didn't have to preach 45 minutes an hour. You just get up and say, Hey, folks, stay away from the tree. Praise God, we'll see you tomorrow night. And then you do a series of lessons. Don't look at the tree. Don't think about the tree. The tree's evil. See you tomorrow night. It's a bit easy to live for God. Man, they, there they are. There's not a lock on anybody's door. There they are. They're living in total innocency. There they are. Every day they had a day of Pentecost. Every day was the day of Pentecost. Because in the evening time, in the evening time, Uh, the, The times that the evening breezes would begin to blow. That's what it means in the Hebrew. When the evening breezes would blow, Adam would say, Our Creator has showed up. And when the wind began to blow in the Garden of Eden, they would say, Our Creator is here. They had a day of Pentecost every day of their life. No sickness. Nobody had a backache. Nobody had a headache. Nobody had cancer. Nobody wore glasses. It was, none of, it was none of this. They were totally in a realm that we have never lived in. They were totally in that realm until Satan showed up and he began to say, well, I'll tell you there's a little bit more out there. How many lives have been wrecked and ruined in our churches because we begin to listen to the devil. I know that you have to go to college to learn certain information. I know that you've got to move among the world to have certain jobs, but don't let someone tell you that you need more than what you've got in the precious word of God. I wish about four people would stand up and shout, it's enough. It's enough. I wish a young man would stand up and say, it's enough. Satan comes as an, as an angel of information. i got to tell you some more things. Job chapter 1, verse 6. Listen to this closely. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord from from and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. The Lord said unto Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him in all in the earth, a perfect man, upright man, one that feareth God and cheweth evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job serve God for naught? Now listen how, listen, listen how crazy he is. Not only does he try to pull the wool over our eyes, but he even tries to pull the wool over God's eyes. He answered the Lord and said, Does Job serve you for nothing? Have you not made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? you have blessed the work of his hands? The substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now. Let me tell you something, God. It's, let me tell you. I, I know you got a hedge around him. And, and of course, I, 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 if I've ever been a little thankful for what the devil said, I'm thankful there because he opened his mouth and told me that if we will serve God and chew evil, if we will dedicate our life to God, God puts a hedge around our lives. And the only way the serpent can come through is for God to let him come through. But if he lets him come through, he's going to leave me better than what it found me. Because God let the serpent come through. But at the end of the book of Job, Job's got twice as much donkeys, twice as much cattle. He's got twice as much. God really blessed him. Listen. L- listen to this foolish devil. Listen to this foolish devil. He tries to tell God, if you will take all this stuff away from him, he will curse you too. Your face. He even tried to give God information. Uh Revelation chapter 13. Verse number 5. Here he is again. I got him nailed all through the Bible. Revelation 13 verse 5. And there was given unto him a mouth. A mouth. Speaking great things. And blaspheming. And power was given unto him to continue. Forty and two months. He was given a mouth. He had the ability of speech. He was given a mouth. Again, I, I, gotta, I, 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 I could stop at each scripture and preach a little bit. But don't be swayed by an orator. Don't be swayed by something that sounds good. Because the Antichrist will be a tremendous orator. He will be able to take words and unify the world. But we cannot get caught up in oratory. We have got to be in the word of the living, the word of the living God. Let me, let me go on. Let me go on. Matthew chapter 4, verse number 3. This is the temptation, the temptation of Christ. Matthew 4, verse number 3. And when the tempter came, everybody say the tempter. And when the tempter came to him, he said, everybody say those two words. He said, if you. Thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. He is a He is a speaking serpent. He is speaking. And the only way, the only way, church, the only way that you'll ever overcome what He is saying is by the word of God. When you don't understand where you're at, and you don't understand circumstances and situations you got to be able to get a hold of the Word of God. When you can't really, listen, when you can't see Him, you got to trust Him. When you can't understand Him, you got to trust Him. Job has lost his health. Job has lost his wealth. Job has lost and dug ten fresh graves for his children. His wife that should be an encouragement has done told him to curse God and die. But listen to my brother Job. In Job 23, verse number 8, Behold, listen to him, I go forward, but he is not there. In other words, I've been wishing for tomorrow. Uh I've been been praying, I've been singing, joys coming in the morning. But when I get to the morning of a new day, I still got my trial. And backward. That meant I've tried to go in the back, I've tried to go in the memories of my life but memories have failed me. I've tried to comfort myself by the memories of the good hand of God, but I cannot perceive Him. On the left hand where He doth work, left is a place of rejection. I went to the place of rejection where He's worked, but I cannot behold Him. He hideth Himself on the right hand that I cannot see Him. But listen to Him now. But God knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is, church. Listen to verse 12. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more necessary than food. You know what got Job through? That devil was telling him to give up. That devil was telling him you've lost a favor with God. Look at you. You've got boils all over your body. Look at you. You've buried ten children. Look at you. You're bankrupt. Look at you, Job. But Job just simply said, I can't see him tomorrow. I can't see him yesterday. But I got a hold of his word, and his word is going to see me. Come on, lift up your hands and give him praise tonight. God tells Abraham, God tells Abraham, your seed, Isaac, is going to be the promise. God tells Abraham, through Isaac, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. God tells Abraham, God says to Abraham, through Isaac, your your seed is going to be multiplied as the sand of the sea and the stars of the skies. But then God tells Abraham, you take Isaac up on Mount Moriah and you offer him up to me as a burnt sacrifice. And the Bible said that Abraham followed through. What kind of faith did he have? I'm going to tell you what kind of faith he had. He had the faith that comes by hearing And hearing by the word of God. You ever thought? You ever wondered why that scripture says it that way? It could just say it this way. And faith come up by hearing the word of God, but it doesn't say it that way. It says faith come up by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's because one Sunday service a month is not enough. I gotta come back and hear it again and man if they have midweek service I got news for you I'm showing up at midweek service with my Bible tucked under my hand because I got I to hear it again and when Sunday comes back around I got to hear it again and, and, and maybe i do a little pastoring right now but if I go on vacation I'm either going to schedule my vacation to get back for Sunday or wherever I'm at on vacation I'm going to go to the house of God and I'm going to hear it again you know why? We're like we're like an automobile. And nobody, I, listen, they're kind to you at the dealership, and they fill that car up with gasoline. But you, 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 listen, you understand, it ain't always going to be there. You're going to have to stop and fill fill that thing back up. That's the same way with the word of God. I, I'm glad for camp meeting, but come Sunday morning, somewhere around Kentucky, somebody's got to go back to the house of God and say, "I got to have a little bit more of the word," because faith cometh. I, I'm a, I'm gonna get in a situation. How Abraham offered up Isaac. He offered him up on a simple word. He offered him up on a simple word. It's found in Hebrews 11 and verse number 17. By faith Abraham when he was tried offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Verse 18 here it is. I wish you would shout. Of whom it was said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what are you doing? You're offering him up. That's the opposite of multiplying. I know that God said to offer him up but I also know God said that Isaac shall be the seed accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from whence he received him in a figure. Hey, when God is acting contrary to his nature, if you know that it was God that told you he's the God of the turnaround. I may be having to offer up Isaac right now, but I'll have a resurrection if I have to carry a bag of ashes off the top of this mountain, I'll have a resurrection. If God sends you to a city, to work in a city, and you've had people to leave you because of the Word of God, you just keep on preaching, the baptismal pool is going to be stirred. People are going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Put your hands together. The Word is a weapon. The Word of God is a weapon. The Word of God is a weapon. Ephesians 6, 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I don't need to memorize the Word of God to talk to God about the Word. The word, the sword there is not to God. The sword is to our enemy. Because that enemy comes speaking all kind of trash talk to us. I'm tired of him, I'm tired of him trash talking the youth of the Kentucky district. I'm tired of the trash talk that, that the enemy is talking in ears. I'm tired as your general superintendent. I'm tired of him trash talking church planners. I'm tired of him trash talking the people of God. I'm tired of him trash talking our elder saints. He's only trash talking you because he fears you. He's trying to get in your head. That's why he's trash talking you. Our boys was playing back when we—you may be seated—back when we first started Christian school. We had a little ball team, and and and, and we found out real quick everything they called itself a Christian's not a Christian. So our boys got up there playing basketball, and they got discombobulated because the team, the other team, that claimed to be a Christian, were using all kind of foul language, and it was blowing our boys. I mean, it was like. finally the coach coach called them all over called, called time out called them over said you know why they're using that bad language and trash talking you is because they're afraid you're going to beat them and they got to get in your head and right now they're in your head and every time they say a curse word to you you say Jesus loves you back to them you say Jesus loves you back to them right when that guy's down there and he's running down the court And he said all kind of foul language out of the corner of his mouth. Right before you stop before the three-point line and knock the bottom out of that bucket, you just say, Jesus loves you. And you know what? The enemy will try to trash talk our youth here in this church and tell you that you're just a small little old group and you're an oddball looking youth group and you don't look like the other religious youth groups in town. You know why he's filling your ears with that junk? Because he is so afraid of what God's going to make out of you that he's got to get in your head right now so that you'll quit serving God. You'll quit living holy. You'll quit serving God. Let me... I'm going to go to another season here, but let me just stop. Trash talking is biblical. It's biblical. David came out on the battlefield, and Goliath started trash talking. Am I a dog that you would bring me scraps? Am I a dog that you would bring me scraps? Well, I'll tell you this day. I'm going to feed your carcass to the birds of the air. See, they're trying to trash talk to get you to have images in your mind. I'm going to feed your carcass to the birds of the air. I'm going going to feed you to the birds of the air before the day's over. And the Bible said David took off running. And David took off running toward him. I'll tell you, he, he hit him so fast. He took off running and he started preaching to him. He said, no, it's you that's going to be be fed to the birds of the air. No, it's you. And then he began to say, You come to me with the sword and with the shield. But I come to you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. And God is going to take your and God's going to take you this day. Now, I'll tell you how fast David hit him. David hit him so fast that Goliath didn't even have time to draw a sword. When David hit him with that rock and Goliath fell down, he was named appropriately because if he got a hold of you, you go lieth somewhere. But David didn't listen to that trash talk. And don't you listen to that trash talk. Don't you listen to that trash talk. You stand up in that new church of five people and you preach the word to them. You stand up at that Bible study that just shut its door on you and you walk out of there and say, well, they just shut the door but I think another door is going to open in my city. Don't let the devil don't let him don't let him get in your head. He's a speaking devil. Now when you get him conquered by the word he then moves to another season. Acts 16, 16 we were there last night It came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The Greek word divination means python. It means the spirit of python. This python, this snake, this snake kills its prey, not by sinking fangs of poison, The python kills its prey by strangulation. The python comes by a surprise. I studied out the python. The python likes to get in a tree. And likes to fall down on its prey. By surprise. Once it gets down. It immediately goes to work. At at coiling around its prey. It kills it by strangulation. It cuts off the blood flow to the brain makes it difficult, almost to impossible to breathe. That spirit of Python, I believe, Brother Tuttle, that's what you were talking about tonight. I believe that the spirit of Python doesn't want Kentucky Camp 2023 to leave on a note of soul winning. And so Python is trying to come in. And don't be surprised if the next week isn't met with a lot of opposition And it's just trying to tell us that Kentucky Camp 2023 was a waste of time when Python drops down upon you. And Python begins to try to press against you. And Python begins to try to to cut the blood flow off to your head. Can I tell you this? It is a temptation when you get hurt to get all by yourself. That's the last thing you need to do when python gets a hold of you because you can't fight python alone and and, and you can study this out most people that have survived python the literal reptile didn't do it because they were strong they did it because they were with somebody else they were traveling in a group that's why isolation is not good I know we all get our feelings hurt I know we all have something we can disagree on, but I need the fellowship tonight. I need the body, Brother Wright. I need the body tonight because Python's gonna fall down in Lexington. Python's gonna fall down upon our cities, and I can't fight Python all by myself can't hardly breathe and he's cutting off the blood flow but thank God for the fellowship thank God for my brother one can put a thousand to flight two can put ten thousand to flight Python 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 came Python came and wrapped itself around Paul but you notice Paul wasn't alone, was he, church? It was Paul and Silas. Yeah, and the devil's not as smart as we kind of give him credit because if I were the devil, I would have separated Paul and Silas in that prison. I would have put Silas as far away from Paul and Paul as far away from Silas. And I would let silence be in that discouraging factor. Again, I'm on this note. You don't need to get by yourself. You don't need to take a break from church. You don't need to bring the pastor the keys to the church. You don't need to bring your Sunday school book and turn it in in those times of Python. You need the church more then than you've ever needed the church because there's somebody that can get up in the morning and when you've got the life squeezed out of you at Python, somebody's saying, God touch Sister Betty. God touch Brother Billy. God touch him. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Python. Python has to lose. It's whole. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 8. Are you still with me tonight? 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 8. Listen to Paul now. 2 Corinthians 1, verse number 8. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, in so much that we despaired even of life now. To these blab it and grab it. Believe it and receive it. To these people highly favored and blessed of God. What do you say about that verse? All right. All right. You're doing the work of God. Let me read it again. But we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia. That we were pressed out of measure. We were python beyond measure. Above strength. Look at that. Above strength. In so much that we despaired even of life. We got to the place to where death would have been something inviting for us. Listen to this. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves. That we should not trust in ourselves. But in God which raiseth the dead. Who delivered us from so great a death. And doth deliver in whom we trust. That he will yet deliver us. He's talking about being pressed out of measure. He's talking about being pressed beyond strength. He's talking about being, being, being Python. But would you please notice the words with me? And I hope if you write in your Bible, you'll underline them. He uses the word we, he uses the word brethren, he uses the word us. Because the only way you'll survive Python. Is to be with somebody that can get Python off your back. Hebrews 11.36. Hebrews 11.36. Others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover bonds and imprisonment. They were restricted. That's what Python does. He restricts you. To where you don't have any movement. He restricts you. They said this is what happened to us. Come on John the Baptist. I loved when you put on Twitter. About how many you baptized. I loved when you put on Facebook. About how strong you were. In telling Herod it wasn't right. To have his own brother's wife. I I love how strong you are. But the John of Luke 7.19. Is a John that has been put into Python. He has been put into prison. They're not going to hand you the key to your city because you preach this truth. If you're waiting for the favor of man because you preach truth, you'll be waiting too long. They're going to put pressure on you. It was John's message that got him put in prison. But when he got in this place of confinement, when he got in this place of Python, he began to doubt, yes, he began to doubt Is that the Christ? Is that the Christ? I know I said behold the Lamb of God But but I'm here in this prison I'm here in this jail and this pipe on But listen to what John did In verse 19 And John calling two Of his disciples Again stay with The fellowship Stay with The church Stay with your pastor you don't even know you're submitted to him until you disagree with him. I'm gonna say it again. You don't even know that you are, you don't even know you can talk about. I mean he's my covering he's my covering I'm submitted to my pastor I'm going to tell you how you know you're submitted is when he tells you something you don't want to hear when he tells you something you don't want to do and he says no that's not what we're doing that's not how we're doing this this is how we're he's not being a dictator he's being a man of God and then your true submission comes in when you say yes sir I'm going to do it that way I may not agree with it I may not understand it but that's my pastor and I'm going to do it the way that my pastor says John John I'm going to tell you something buddy you did something really good you took two of your disciples with you and buddy in that prison of Python you were able to say I can't get out of this prison I can't go ask Jesus anything I'm so messed up, I can't even pray right now. I'm so turned upside down, I can't even pray right now. But i got two servants, I've not loved the fellowship. I've got two servants and they're going to go and they're going to say, are you the Christ or do we look for another? And buddy, I'm going to tell you what, when they came to Jesus and they said, John said, John wants to know, are you the Christ or do we look for another? He said, you go tell John that the lame are leaping and the blind are seeing and the deaf are hearing and then he added something that wasn't in Isaiah's prophecy and he said blessed are they that are not offended in me he said you just go tell John that I know that he didn't think he was going to end this way but this is how I've ordained him to end I must decrease that he may increase and so if I can just keep my brothers around Could we learn a lesson from our Lord tonight? Could we learn a lesson from our Lord? Our Lord knows that tomorrow is Calvary. Our Lord knows that tomorrow He will be the sacrificial lamb. That God, that Almighty God will withdraw Himself from that body. and He'll become, he'll become the sacrificial lamb. He knows this day this cup is coming. And in Luke twenty two forty two, 42, listen to Him now. He went saying, Father... If thou be willing, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine, be done. There appeared unto him an angel. Unto him there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him, and being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer, he was come to his disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. You may tell you why the angel had to come, because the disciples were asleep. You know why? He took Peter, James, and John with him and said would you just stay right here and would you just pray with me a little longer because he knew that Python was going to press him. He knew that Python was going to press and he knew if I could just have somebody to keep on praying for me I'm going to make it. I know I'm hammering this tonight but it's going to be the temptation of all temptations something's going to be said to you in the weeks to come that's going to prick you and going to offend you and you're going to want to get isolated. I beg you in Jesus' name, stay with the youth group. Stay with the church. Stay with the fellowship. I was asked here a while back what, what I felt the age was that, that someone would start dating. And I I don't I I I could give you some figures there, but I'm gonna tell you what's most important. If you're not mature enough to handle rejection, you don't need to be dating. If her breaking up with you causes you not to come to church. You're not mature enough today. If him breaking up or however it goes causes you to want to get out of the choir and settle in the back row, you're not mature enough. Get a relationship with Jesus Christ until you're mature enough that if that that relationship falls apart, it hurts, it stings. But you understand, I got to hold on to Jesus Christ. I got to stay in the prayer room, I got to keep on praying. If he wasn't Mr. Right, Mr. Right may be down the road. But i got to stay in the church. Remember with me, he desired his disciples to be with him. With the pressure, the pressure, the pressure. Please remember this tonight. That Python... Python tries to squeeze the blood from your head. Oh, the value of the body. Oh, the value of the body of Christ. Oh, the value of the body of Christ. I said the value of the body of Christ. I hope we understand the value of the local church. I hope we understand the value of a praying pastor. I hope we I hope we understand. You can brag about your CPA and you can brag about you can brag about people that handle your money, you can brag about you can brag about a lot of your doctor, you can brag about a lot of things. But I'm going to tell you something, if you've got a man of God that prays for your soul, I'm going to tell you that's greater than any CPA, that's greater than any lawyer, that's great. If you've got a man that that when you're on your way to work, he's praying for you and your wife and your family. Goodbye. Carpenter, oh Brother Carver, you, 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 uh, you just don't understand our church right now. We we just kind of had some trouble. And I remember I got in church in a revival and we were baptized and people got the Holy Ghost and there were healings. And it seems like our church is just dead right now. I guess I need to go look for another one. Won't you be like Mary Magdalene? When Christ died on that cross, dead. He can't walk on the water now. He's dead, Brother Wade. He ain't walking on no water right now. He ain't walking on no water. Them hands are going to multiply no more bread. Those lips are not going to speak any more truth. What do you do when what used to walk on the water now hangs on a cross? What do you do when what used to be the biggest thing in town and the the greatest services and anointed services, and we didn't and, and to preachers we don't understand this, a lot of saints say, we had a great service tonight, the preacher didn't even get to preach. What do you do when that body's not walking on the water? What do you do when troubles come to that body? What do you do when you get there to have church and the atmosphere's so thick you could cut it with a knife? Let's get online and start looking at another church in town to go to. No, I'm going to tell you, you need to be a Mary Magdalene. You need to head off to the tomb with about 100 pounds of anointing and say, you know what? I think I'll just anoint this corpse right now. And if you'll just start anointing what used to walk on the water, it's going to come out of the grave victorious over death, hell, and the grave. If you'll just say, you know what? My church is too good for me to leave. It was there for me and my family. It came to the hospital the night my daddy died. It came and it did this. I think I'll just go to the prayer room and I think I'll just pray. When our pastor seems to be burdened, go to the prayer room and pray some fire down on him. Go to the prayer room and pray some anointing. I'm talking. I'm talking. About the body. I'm coming to a close. He's He's a season of a speaking devil. And there is a season of a slander. A season of slander. And I want you to watch this. When Satan knows it doesn't matter how much pressure he puts on you. He knows that you're not giving in, Sister Lee. He knows that he has put constant pressure on you. And you're not giving in. You want to change your mind about God. God never changes His mind about us. It is then that our minds are not changed about God. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Though there is no herd in the stall. And though the olive of the vineyard fails. Yet will I praise the Lord. All things work together for good to them that love God and who are the called. Python, I have not changed my mind. Come on. It is then that the enemy tries to get people to change their mind about you. That's right. That's and you got to right. handle the praise of men and you got to handle the criticism of men. Right. You can't believe them when they praise you. And you can't believe them when they criticize you. That's right. That's right. That's right. Acts 28 verse 3. Acts 28 verse 3. they They'd just been shipwrecked. Paul gets on land and starts building a fire. Acts 28 verse 3. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire. There came a viper out of the heat. And fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians, the heathens, saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffer him not to live. Them heathens, them people on that island that didn't know God, they looked and they were helping them put sticks and build a fire but they saw that viper get on Paul's hand and they stood back and they said, we changed our mind about you. you got to be a murderer. The sea couldn't get you and vengeance has finally come out. But what do you do when people have changed their mind about you? The Bible says, the Bible says, verse 5, and he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. How be it? They looked when he should have swollen <laughs> and fallen down dead suddenly. But after that, they looked a great while. Who's the they? That's the heathens. That's the people that said he's a murderer. The, the sea didn't get him, and vengeance is after him. Now they're just waiting. About 20 minutes, he's going to fall over here. About 20 minutes, he going to swell up like a tick. About 20 minutes, he going to fall over and start frothing at the mouth. About 20 minutes, he going to be gone. And after 20 minutes, Paul's still working. Paul's still serving God. Paul's still working. He's still moving about. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. How be it they looked when he should have swollen and fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while, they saw no harm come to him. They changed their minds and said he was a God. I want you to know that if you'll just keep on living for God, they'll say, well... my my little old daughter's going down to church there she's going down my little boy's going down to that church I think he's going to get a girl I think she's going to get a boy I I think they're just going because they're in trouble my brother got out of jail and he's going to church I just think he's going down there and they're waiting for you to go about a month and about give up but when it comes about a year around they start saying well you know what I think I'll go with them I think there's something about that I'm here to tell you we're going to defend. Defeat that adversary. You look out Kentucky, you look out Python, you look out speaking devil, we're gonna fill your cities with the apostolic message. We're gonna you better watch, you may be seated, you better watch the hands you criticize. You just may need them hands to be laid on you. Can I tell you I got saints in my church That's felt led of God To go get my kids by the head And pray for them Lay their hands on them And some of them people that laid their hands on my kids And my my five grandbabies now We ain't always seen eye to eye And it went easy for us to split ways But I'm thankful to God That we kept our eyes on the purpose of the church because if I had run them people off, they wouldn't have been there to lay their hands on my kids. You better be careful of the hands that you say is a murder. Because watch what happens. Watch what happens a little bit later. A, 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 little, bit, a, a little bit later in this story. Uh, Acts chapter uh, 28 verse 8. Still, got the, still on the island where they said he's a criminal. Now he's a God. It came to pass. Verse 8. That the father of Pubilus lay sick of a fever of a bloody flux. To whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. Can I tell you when he laid his hand on him? There's an old snake bite scar there. But that's what makes the beauty of the power. I don't want a loser praying for me. I want somebody that has overcome the spirit of Python. I want that to be laid on. I'm closing tonight. For so many years, I always fear because I, I read things in the Bible. I read things in the Bible. And I just wonder why it's this way. I just wondered why when God said to Moses, What's in your hand, Moses? And he said, A rod, God. He said, Throw it down. And he threw it down. Anybody know what it became? Serpent. Serpent. Snake. Right? Now, me, the way my weird brain is wired. I'm like saying, okay, God, why a snake? A nice dove release, you know, like the kind they do at a funeral, a nice (laughs) dove release would be great, right? I told you I'm wired different. I love those dove releases, you know. That'd be neat. Throw it down. Twelve. One dove for each tribe of Israel. There's a snake. I did a little research on it. Do you know that in Egypt, the cobra was a revered deity that brought death? As a matter of fact, studies show that the pharaohs of that day wore a great golden cobra when they sat down to judge. A great golden cobra cobra. It is said that a cobra can spit its venom farther than any other reptile can spit its venom. A cobra listen, it doesn't even have to bite you it can spit its venom at you and the last time Moses heard from Pharaoh he spit his venom of a death sentence and he said I'm going to kill Moses He's done killed one of the Egyptians and I'm going to kill Moses. And Moses runs for 40 years in fear of Pharaoh. And God is saying, I want you to go back to Egypt. Moses is giving every excuse. And excuses a lot of times are nothing more than the surface of fear. He said, what's in your hand, Moses? He said, a rod. He said, throw it down. And we threw it down, it became a snake. A serpent. I could see Moses jumping back. But then God said just reach and get it by the tail. And I don't think that it's just, it's just a coincidence. That he said reach and get it by the tail. Because the tail is the end. And he is the author. And the finisher. Of our faith. As long as I can just endure every season. God is saying, i got an end. And it's going to be two million people walking out of Egypt toward toward the promised land. The seasons of the serpent. Would you stand with me right now? All over this building, would you just begin to pray like you did today at the end of Brother Wade's message. Can we get some prayer warriors right now? All over this building right now. All over this building right now. God, I love you. God, I praise you. God, I magnify you. God, I thank you tonight, Lord. I thank you tonight, Lord. Come on, a little bit more prayer. Pray pray loud enough. You can hear yourself pray right now. My God, I love you, Lord. Oh, my God, I love you, Lord. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you. Oh, I love you, Lord. 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 Oh, mighty God. Come on, pray, pray, pray. Come on, pray right now. Pray right now. Pray.